research that resonates. Schweitzer has not been wrong on any of his years and years of reporting on the Bidens. Investigations that matter. If your last name wasn't Biden, do you think you would have been asked to be on the board of Burisma? I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. But that's, you know, I, I don't think that there's a lot of things that would have happened in my life that, uh, that if my last name wasn't Biden. The only entities, the only people that would report on this, and Peter Schweitzer, who deserves a Medal of Freedom, in my view, This is The Drill Down with Peter Schweitzer. Hi, this is Peter Schweitzer, and welcome to The Drill Down, where we relentlessly expose cronyism, corruption, and the abuse of power in Washington, D.C. The co-host, Eric Eggers. Eric, you've got the tie. You're dressed up and ready to go. You know, trying to level up things in 2024. It seems like it's going to be an exciting season. Uh, We have a bit of news to talk about as far as things are happening with you and with us here at the Government Accountability Institute. So, you know, why not just, uh, you know, dress to impress, dress for success, because your last book was quite successful. and We expect your new one to be as well. Well, let's hope so. Thank you for that. Um, Yeah, this is kind of dressing up for me as far as the office is concerned. I have a reputation for, let's just say, not emphasizing fashion, but you're looking very sharp and it'd be hard for me to match that. Listen, I don't know why we're focused on my clothes. We should be focused on the coming collapse of American society as outlined for sale by Peter Schweitzer in the book that was announced today. It's a big deal, right? I yeah, mean, I think like, we're going to talk today about the fact that Joe Biden may be suffering from profound cognitive decline and therefore may be suffering from political decline as well. And so there's yeah. a chance he may not be the nominee. And we're going to talk and, about what that means. And what that would actually look like. A lot of people speculate, what does it actually look like you know, if Joe Biden and when at what period Joe Biden decides not to be the candidate, what would that look like? How would his replacement be selected? Very, very interesting. And who might replace that? And we have a sort of familiar name, a name that we've mentioned on this podcast before that we'll, that we'll talk about. And we'll talk about some reasons why and things to watch. But first, uh, if Joe Biden decides not to be the nominee, a reason Might be because he graces the cover of yet another Peter Schweitzer expose, which is set to come out in two weeks. Yeah, there is more information actually on Joe Biden uh, that we have. It's it's really honestly quite shocking. I know authors always say that, but I think in this particular case, we absolutely deliver uh, because it shows why there are a lot of things happening to this country, uh, a lot of why there's a lot of turmoil in this country and why our political leadership class is so silent. Um, And I guess the in summary, the easiest way to think about this is. America is on fire. We've got all this social division. We've got all this turmoil. We've got all this violence. America's on fire. China is standing there with an empty can of gasoline. And most of our political leaders are remaining silent and won't say anything about it. And all of those things are connected. So that's what the book is about. Plenty on the Bidens, plenty on some other people that we've not really investigated before, but people like uh, Adam Schiff, for example, or Gavin Newsom from California, and of course, more stuff on Mitch McConnell as well. So we'll be talking about that in future podcasts, um, but thank you for mentioning it. We are excited. The book is now available for pre-order everywhere. The book is called Blood Money, Why the Powerful Turn a Blind Eye While China Kills Americans. Uh, not to put too fine a point on it. And the cover features, as you mentioned, Gavin Newsom, uh, Adam Schiff, uh, Chinese Communist Party leader Xi Jinping, Joe Biden, but also Anthony Fauci uh, and AOC. 
Yeah. So I mean, it's, it's a diverse collection of characters. And you're telling me that all those people have a role to play in allowing China to kill Americans. Yeah. And then there's deaths that people know about from COVID, from fentanyl. We talk about China's heavy involvement in fentanyl. It's a lot more than you imagine. But there are other things that China's doing as well. And these particular leaders will not talk about China as a threat and they will not talk about China's involvement and literally killing millions of Americans. People are concerned about a possible future war with China. There is a war taking place right now, and we'll be talking about that in future podcasts and uh, look forward to hearing what reader input we have. And to help people connect the dots, because I think that's one of the things that we try to do on some levels. You know, Each week we come in here and we do a different podcast, but it's kind of the same story. It's the story about America and how political corruption shapes, and, uh, shapes what we do in yeah. our government and how um, I think political corruption keeps America from being the best version of itself. We had uh, a former intelligence member on the podcast last week, a guy you've known for a long time who talked about the fact that you've got you know the 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 DEI the wokeness have taken over in the FBI the CIA and i think right. that's helped to contribute to you've got these unelected people within the intelligence community uh, who are essentially still calling the shots right and and maybe a lot of people from the Obama administration Obama regime still kind of in charge um why your book matters is because hey if you've got if the focus of national intelligence services is more on political correctness as opposed to national security, and you've got someone in terms of Joe Biden whose family has taken, as you talked about in your last book, tens of millions of dollars from China and from people connected to Chinese intelligence services. And now you have reports that Joe Biden's mental faculties aren't elite. And in fact, he may <laughs> he may be suffering from cognitive yeah. decline, as yeah. uh, the investigator found. He had a hard time recalling the time periods in which he had been vice president. He had a hard time recalling time periods in which um, he his son had passed away. And he is admitted to mishandling classified material. It all seems like it kind of comes together to paint a not particularly good portrait of our current president and his administration. It does. And here's the question. Does anybody think this is actually going to get better? That Joe, uh, Joe Biden's going to have a rebound that he's no, he's not. I mean, th this this is just a function of age. Uh, we all face it at some point, particularly as we get older in life. And the notion that um, Joe Biden is not capable of understanding if he were to be charged with the crime, which is what the prosecutor is alleging. But he is you know, enough there to run the country just doesn't make any sense. So I guess the question I would say to those that are pushing back on this report and saying it's wrong, is, do you want Joe Biden charged for the mishandling of federal documents? Because that's the only alternative. You can't pick and choose uh, what you want to have done. And, and I think the question really comes down to, you know, there's several factors at play here. You've got, you know, Biden's desire. Biden clearly wants to remain president. That drive seems to be there. Uh, certainly, I think Jill Biden does as well. The family probably does. I mean, let's face it. This is a commercial enterprise. Once Joe Biden retires from public life, all the flows of international money is generally going to dry up. I would imagine Hunter Biden's legal career and his art career will probably come to a bit of a decline as well. I, I, I would expect so, yes. The same thing that happened to the Clinton Foundation donations, by the way, when Hillary Clinton stopped being a candidate for president. It's Great exactly point. the same business model. We've seen it before. Uh, yeah, and so to the extent that the Bidens rely on the threat of Joe Biden being in power to bring people together, right? Bill Clinton had this convenient authority. Joe Biden seems to have the collecting revenue power for his family members. But yeah, you're right. If he's not president anymore, 
then no one's making any money. So that's the incentive there for him to stay on board. Yeah, for him to stay on board. On the other hand, you have got a lot of people in the Democratic Party, people on Capitol Hill, big donors to the Democratic Party, people like Jeffrey Katzenberg, you know, the Hollywood mogul who is the co-chair of Biden's reelection finance committee. Uh, they want to make sure their interests are protected and that the Democratic Party wins in November. That's their motivation. And if they think Joe's not going to be able to do it, uh, they may very well pressure him and try to pressure him to step down. And the question is, if that happens, I'm not predicting it's going to happen, but if that happens, the timing of when he chooses to do that is really going to influence the process by which his successor is picked. He does not get to pick who takes his place. Kamala Harris does not automatically, as vice president, become the candidate in 2024. Um, so it's going to be a free for all. And there's a lot of interesting faces and there's a very interesting process that happens depending on, uh, you know, when he decides to step down, if in fact he does. Yeah, you know, that's true. Uh, but I, I got to tell you, you know, I always the number one rule of broadcasting. You look, you're a number one New York Times bestselling author. OK, but I produced a local radio show. So I know a little bit about this broadcasting business. And I yeah. got to tell you, the number one rule about broadcasting is respect your audience. And I, I just don't want you to kind of get into this farcical fantasy scenario as Jonathan Martin with Politico presented the idea that Joe Biden would be replaced because it's not going to happen. And let me tell you why it's not going right. to happen. All right. Because the New York Times in an op-ed after the special counsel report came out that said Joe Biden uh, would present himself as an elderly man with no memory. And so you'd never have it. I mean, it was damning, right? Yeah. Everyone says this is a disaster. But Luckily, here comes the New York Times op-ed. He's like, we need to think about how we think about memory and aging differently. <laughs> it turns out there's two types of forgetting, Peter ah, Schweitzer. Okay. There's, there's forgetting with a lowercase f. This is really in the New York Times. Yeah. And there's forgetting with a capital F. Uh, and if you're over the, it's literally in the op-ed column. If you're over the age of 40, as we both are, you've most likely experienced the frustration of trying to grasp a hold of that slippery word hovering on the tip of your tongue. Uh, colloquially, that's called forgetting with the lowercase f. Okay. okay? And that's yeah. all that happened to Joe yeah. Biden. Okay. It's lowercase forgetting. Capital F forgetting is when a memory is lost or gone altogether. <laughs> so it's not a big deal that Joe Biden forgot that when he was vice president. If right. like the timing of it, Right. It's the fact that he remembered he had been vice president. <laughs> that tells you that everything's okay. Yeah. Joe Biden, 10 and 2, steady with his hands on the ship. And <laughs> just in case you think this is, they offer scientific evidence to back this up. Uh -huh. This is literally in the same column. Yeah. Mr. Biden is the same age as Harrison Ford, Paul McCartney, <laughs> and Martin Scorsese. <laughs> He's also a bit younger than Jane Fonda and a lot younger than Warren Buffett. All these individuals are considered to be at the top of their professions, right. writes the New York Times. Right. And yet I would not be surprised if they are more forgetful and absent-minded than when they were younger. So here's my question. My question, if that person that wrote that ridiculous op-ed was It's a professor here, at Cal Berkeley, by the way. He's a course. neuroscientist. Yeah, right, okay? here's, here's, here's what I would ask him. You're getting ready to have <laughs> brain surgery. And they're wheeling you in. <laughs> and the surgeon who's about to operate on you does not remember- when he went to law school, where he went to, I mean, to med school, yeah. where he went to bed, who he's married to. Is that person that wrote that op-ed going to say, well, this is not forgetting with a capital F, so I'm not worried because he's aware that he's married, even though he can't remember his wife's name. That's just hogwash on a, on a practical level. It's ridiculous. Mm. It's a ridiculous claim. And it shows how we become so polarized in this country that each side goes to these absurd positions. <laughs> To try to and and what I don't understand about this view, frankly, is 
you know, honestly, I'm not sure that Joe Biden is their best candidate. You know, they're acting as if he's the only option they have. I think they probably would have some better options, especially again, six months from now, as we're looking into the fall. Do we really think he's going to get better at this? He's going to get worse. Yeah, correct. And if, if what they're talking about doing is avoiding debates altogether right. and using the fact that Donald Trump has been charged uh, with crimes because and that, you know, the prosecutor said, hey, let's make very clear. The biggest difference between Joe Biden and Donald Trump is Donald Trump committed crimes with his handling of documents. Joe Biden didn't. And that's because I guess like Joe, Donald Trump didn't give it back quickly enough. Right. And right. Joe Biden did. But it's also. But, but, but I would say in in that uh, a lot of people made the case. Joe Biden had documents he was not legally supposed to have. Oh, there's no doubt. No, I think that, so. But the they, notion but, about it's just about giving it back of those is ridiculous. But they're going to use the fact that Donald Trump is yeah. facing charges as an excuse, and he's going to lie as an excuse to not debate him. Right. What they're really probably doing is covering up the right. cognitive decline and the inability to look right. presidential on a stage exactly. with somebody else. So I mean, that's going to happen. It is, by the way, worth noting because we spent a lot of time talking about. Hunter Biden. And we've talked about the fact that uh, his business associates have leveraged the Biden brand to bring in money. And Tony Bobulinski, one of those business associates, testified before Congress and talked about how China, again, this is the the kind of common link between your book coming out and the Bidens and then maybe not being at the top of their game in terms of protecting American interests, period. Uh, But he said, yeah, China's actively trying to infiltrate the Biden administration. They actively tried to infiltrate the Obama administration. They did this as an intelligence gathering op. You've got these people that were working with us that have been convicted of bribery. I mean, these are all things that he testified about. Um, And so one of the more damning things that the report about Joe Biden's classified documents found is that he shared classified information, quote, nearly verbatim with his ghostwriter, which was helping him with his book. And why was he helping using these documents with his ghostwriter? Because he's trying to make money. Like right. the, this is for his memoir, which he's which he got a big seven figure advance for. Right. So exactly. he's willing to trade or leverage his access to America's national security secrets for personal profit. That's exactly the charge against Hunter Biden. No, it's a great point. It's a great point. It shows you're monetizing government assets. Hunter did it in a certain way with his father. We know that he took uh, uh, business visitors to tour the White House. They went to the vice presidential residence. Uh, I think they also got policy favors in return. But it also shows, again, that Joe Biden is prepared to take classified material, share it with somebody who's not authorized to have it, to actually monetize it, to make a better book. Um, And that's a great point. Joe Biden's got a lot of mouths to feed. He does. But you think a better candidate or maybe this person who may choose to replace him, if in fact this becomes an option and you can talk about the timing and what has to happen, is somebody that you've done a bit of reporting on before and they're close with the Bidens and the Obamas, but don't have the same problem. They don't have to go out and grift, (laughs) sell some books to pad their pockets. Their pockets are already okay. That's right. Uh, There's lots of options here. But let's say, for example, Joe Biden decided this spring. Uh, to say, you know, I'm, I've decided I'm going to just focus on serving as president. I'm not going to seek reelection. We've got plenty of other great options. That throws everything to a chaos. What really is going to happen here is you're going to have at the convention, the Democratic National Committee, which is, you know, about 350 people and the delegates that have been picked in the primaries already, which are overwhelmingly, if not all for Joe Biden, they are going to actually pick who the replacement is. If Joe Biden waits to do this in the summer at the Democratic convention, that process gets even broader because now you have more delegates in the mix. You have the committee members, et cetera. And really, I think there's several options you can go. Some people have already talked about it would be Kamala Harris. That would be the logical person. 
person. Maybe the problem is her poll numbers are even worse than Joe Biden. She's just not a likable person. She does not perform well under pressure. And with everything going on in the world, that might be a hard press. Other people have looked at Gavin Newsom. Of course, we're uh, doing some research on Gavin Newsom in relation to a California corruption project. That's quite interesting. But I think there's some outliers out there beyond that. One of those would be who you were discussing uh, is the current governor of Illinois, which is J.B. Pritzker. Now, you look at J.B. Pritzker. This is not a guy out of central casting in terms of his physical you know, features. You've referred to him as the Chris Christie of Democrats. <laughs> and I think, yeah. you know, he's like the Chris Christie of Democrats. But here's what he has going for him. He is the mayor. Of, I'm sorry, the mayor. He is the governor of a large state. He's also incredibly rich. This is the the Hyatt family fortune, the hotel fortune. His um, sister, Penny Pritzker. Uh, served in the Obama administration. And what role does she have right now? Uh, right now, she is in the White House uh, helping with the renewable energy, right? She is helping steer relief money in Ukraine. Oh, that's right, in Ukraine. And yes. so think about, so again, so and this is a, a really relevant quote that we pulled up as research for this. And I, I think it's really smart to consider this. You know, he was a, a key Biden surrogate. And it's interesting, you mentioned that he is a, a larger individual. I don't know if he sort of jokes about it or not, but his nonprofit is called Think Big America. <laughs> so I, I don't, I mean, I don't. I, 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 Co-chaired by Chris Christie. I had to stop, <laughs> stop it. We're already making fun of the elderly on this podcast. We're not going to get into body shaming right. as well. I'm joking. But yeah. the um, but Joe Biden said at a fundraising reception uh, when he toured and he was did this thing uh, with uh, J.B. Pritzker. He said the governor is as responsible for me being behind this podium as president as anybody. Uh, he's helped me so much. I didn't even realize how much he helped me until about a year after I got elected. But thank you, Governor. I appreciate it. And it's also worth noting that J.B. Pritzker's nonprofit has been uh, staffing up. And he was actually J.B. Pritzker was mentioned as the quote unquote in case of emergency break break glass candidate last March. So this is a guy who's been on the radar of Democrats. He said, listen, if this thing happens. And so he's been sort of making moves to be ready with his nonprofit. They just hired a new communications person. So they're kind of ready to go yeah, if thinking, it comes to, and he's been somebody yeah. that's collecting favors. And I guess my point with Penny Pritzker is his sister now, in terms of if she's steering relief contracts in Ukraine right. to U.S. green energy companies, is also in a position to be collecting favors that they may be wanting to call in on behalf of Pritzker. Yeah, and think about this. Uh, the The big figure that is looming over the Democratic Party in terms of influence is not Joe Biden. It's Barack Obama. This is still very much his political party. And a lot of people think that he is pulling a lot of strings in the Biden administration. But if you look back at Barack Obama's career, when he first ran for Senate in Illinois, when he first ran for president, his biggest financial backers by far were the Pritzker family. They were the ones that really set him up politically. So there's another uh, card that they can play, which is the Barack Obama card within the Democratic Party. So Pritzker, I'm not saying he's the one that's going to get it, but if you have a scenario where Joe Biden decides to step down, he can't do it. You know, there, there are obviously legal concerns involving his son. There, there are concerns involving uh, other aspects of the family. If he decides to step down, throws this into chaos, Pritzker is, I think, somebody that is not on everybody's radar screen uh, uh, compared to the more obvious um, Kamala Harris and, and Gavin Newsom or, or Whitmer of Michigan. Now, uh, Gavin Newsom was seen with Frank Luntz, the former Republican pollster, and it was, I guess, got a lot of FaceTime on TV and elsewhere at the Super Bowl. And so there's some suggestions that maybe he is the guy that would kind of come in. But again, 
if it depending upon the timing, the good news for either J.B. Prisker or Gavin Newsom is you don't have to go through the hassle of running a traditional campaign. That's right. It's basically like, do you have 300 people that you're connected with that are delegates that will vote for you in this scenario? Yeah. Can you get insiders? And remember, in the Democratic Party, uh, the the you've got the committee members, but the super delegates, these are people that run the teachers unions. They don't represent a state. They represent an institutional interest within the Democratic Party. So, yeah, I mean, Gavin Newsom is certainly making himself available. He's around. Um, he's, he's got time. As the kids he's got say. time. He's being visible. Uh, another uh, person that people are looking to, which I actually think is less doubtful, is Michelle Obama. Uh, a lot of people think Michelle Obama could sort of ride in on the horse, uh, be the one to rescue the Democratic Party. Uh, everything that I have ever looked at with Michelle Obama is that she does not like politics. She does not like the political process. She likes being a cultural figure, you know, making movies, talking about, you know, a better diet, talking about these issues. But the rough and tumble of politics, which being a president is so much about. She absolutely hates it, and she hated it when Barack Obama did it. So even if Democrats wanted her, I personally think it's doubtful that Michelle Obama would would you know put herself in the middle of that process because um, she'd have a hard time campaigning. One of my favorite phrases is "never mistaken competence for conspiracy," but <laughs> yeah, it would be interesting to think about if you know Barack Obama names Joe Biden, Joe Biden becomes uh, you know his vice president, and then. It's what was ultimately the thing that led to Joe Biden's ascension in the 2020 campaign. It was uh, James Clyburn and it was the, the support of African-Americans in the yeah. Democratic primary. He won South Carolina that kind of catapulted him to towards the nomination. It would be interesting if the deal was Joe Biden gets to be president for the first term. <laughs> right. And then waits long enough. Right. To then step aside. So Michelle Obama doesn't have to go through a campaign. Yeah. You talk about somebody yeah. that hates politics who benefits the most. I mean, Gavin Newsom's won a statewide election. So has JB yeah. Prisker. Yeah. Michelle Obama has not. And so what, if she becomes the nominee, what do you really have to do? You got to get some dang speeches and then sit back and watch the media support your candidacy. You do. Donald Trump gets arrested and then you get to be president. Yeah. I think, look, there's, there's a lot of variables there. I think the challenge that M Michelle Obama has is, uh, you, you really in this election, you're looking at the middle 20 percent, right, of independent voters. You've got 40 percent who are basically supporting the Democratic nominee, 40 percent Republican, the 20 percent swing voters. Those swing voters, they want a president that they know is tough mm -hmm. and they can get the job done. And the problem is Michelle Obama has no uh, history of showing that. Um, I mean, she's accomplished things. She was the first lady and she served on corporate boards. But, you know, they're going to look at Michelle Obama, those 20 percent of independent voters and say, can she actually sit there with President Xi and protect American interests? Can she actually do that with Vladimir Putin? Can she protect the country? And I don't think that she's demonstrated that. It'd be very hard to do that by just giving a couple of speeches. No, I think you're right. I think I think at the end of the day, the New York Times is correct. Uh, Warren Buffett should be president, 93, <laughs> right? Or maybe Betty Young. I don't know. Or Betty White. Excuse me. I think yeah. Betty, is she still alive? Because he's not forgetting with a capital F. He's not is forgetting with a capital F. No, <laughs> yeah. we have, we, we need to go older in terms of like Martin Scorsese. He's still at the top of his game. Yeah. So yeah, no, I think it's uh, interesting, but it is, it's a wild time. If you, you've been paying attention to government, to politics, uh, for a significant amount of time, longer than me, but it's, you know, you remember the critiques that Ronald Reagan faced oh, yeah. when he was in the White House. Yeah. And you now have somebody who's older than Ronald Reagan was. By a decent amount, yet Much he's, older, but yeah. he's being defended yeah. by the mainstream press, the same press that attacked the president at the time for being weak of mind. Yeah, no, that that's right. And again, this is another example, I think, where the media thinks they're doing something good by protecting Biden, but they're really demonstrating their bias. 
They only do this sort of thing for certain candidates. They only bend over for certain candidates. And and it's a sad thing because I mean, we have lost an independent media that's going to be equally tough on whoever's in the White House, which is what you want. You want a, a press. They were certainly very hard on Trump. Some of the reporting was very good. Some of it, like the Russia collusion, not so good. But the point was they were tough. They haven't been with Joe Biden. And I think if this process actually happens, it's going to be another nail in the coffin of the media because they have continued to insist that Joe Biden is fine. There's nothing to see here. This is normal. This is regular what he's doing. Uh, and if it all blows up, they're going to have to explain why, again, they were caught, you know, sort of sitting on the hands the same way they have with the Hunter Biden scandal, the same way they have with so many other uh, issues. But it's an inter- interesting process. And this, I think, is going to be a remarkable year for our country because you've got the legal actions involving one candidate you've got the these age questions involving another and america is ultimately governed by institutions our founders set up these processes that are supposed to work a certain way they look like they're teetering a little bit there seems to be this you know dual tier system of justice but there are processes and procedures, and I think they're going to be tested this year in, in a mighty way. It is interesting to think about. You've got two presidents who, in the grand scheme of things, relatively similar in terms of their age. I mean, we're talking about a difference of, I think, three years. And they've both been accused of mishandling <laughs> classified documents as presidents. Yet one gets propped up. The other one gets literally prosecuted. Yeah. And so, uh, I, you know, that is one of the things that American people have to sift through. I will say this. I think... Um, to finish where we started, if Joe Biden does step aside, uh, no matter how old you are, there will be no living with you because you will take credit for it <laughs> because of the findings in your book, Blood Money, which again is available for pre-order on Amazon today. So uh, it, either way, it, you're correct. It's going to be an exciting time and in future podcasts. We'll tell you just how exciting because of the breaking news and very unsettling revelations as your book contains. Yeah, well, thank you. I appreciate that very much. We're all going to watch this together. Appreciate it, as always, Erica, co-hosting this program. We thank you, the audience, for taking the time to listen to us. We know your time is valuable. We know there's a lot of podcasts out there. Uh, you can find re- information about our research at thedrilldown.com. And of course, you can download this podcast wherever fine podcasts are located. Thanks again for listening. Until next time.